Welcome to Into Security, InfoSecurity Magazine's monthly podcast, bringing you news highlights, topical debate, and exclusive interviews from the information and cybersecurity world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this October edition of the Into Security podcast. I'm your host, Beth Mondral, editor here at InfoSecurity Magazine. And today I'm joined by our deputy editor, James Coker, and our news reporter, Kevin Poirot. So hi, guys. Thanks for joining me today. Hi. Hi, Beth. Good to be here. I'm really excited about this edition of the podcast actually because I think it's going to be a real information packed one as we reflect on the month that was Cybersecurity Awareness Month and we'll be hearing from two industry specialists who will be giving their view on Cybersecurity Awareness Month. We'll be hearing from Mariana Calenti who is part of the awareness raising and education team at ANISA which is the European Cybersecurity Agency. And later on, we'll be hearing from Jessica Barker, co-founder of Sygenta. So great to have those guys on the podcast giving their views. This podcast is kindly sponsored by Tufin. Tufin is known for its expertise in security policy automation. Tufin makes network security simpler, easier, and more resilient in minutes instead of days. Before we get to the interviews, what is it all about? Cybersecurity Awareness Month. It's kind of across the board, US, European organizations, they all have their own initiatives. It sits in the month of October. And I think it's worth highlighting as well that the European Cybersecurity Awareness Month has now been running for 10 years, which is a really fab achievement. Before we get into some of what our kind of community think about the event. Jessica will be kind of highlighting some of the points around how the cybersecurity community react to it. I'm going to head over to you, James, first to highlight some of the initiatives that have been going on during October and some of the topics that have been highlighted in order to raise awareness, I guess, really. Yeah, yeah. So so a big one I've been seeing a lot of and, and had a bit of a focus on is fishing, which uh, will be sort of very familiar to all our viewers. But nonetheless, it sort of remains a really critical aspect of security. It really is a big component of this year's Cybersecurity Month theme. The Anisa's theme, one of their themes is Think Before You Click. While in the US version, the overriding theme is see yourself in cyber. So both of these are really emphasising the importance of the human aspect of of cyber and sort of increasing awareness. Uh, And phishing is one of those areas where human behaviours is obviously uh, exploited by cyber criminals. With very good reason, Um, obviously phishing attacks, as we all know, exploded during the COVID 19 pandemic and it seems to have continued. There was research earlier this year from Proofpoint in their State of the Fish report which found that 91% of UK organisations were successfully compromised by an email phishing attack which is really uh, staggering figures to be honest. In light of all this I've I've sort of spent some time uh, gaining some views from experts on on what organisations can do to improve their training and awareness programme for employees particularly on the area of phishing. So I'm currently writing a a piece on on this 
very topic, which I hope we'll be able to be published shortly. Just to run through a few of the areas that are going to be covered within that. For example, I spoke to Javad Manik, someone we know very well here at, at the magazine, and he's lead security awareness advocate at Know Before. He highlighted the importance of using short but regular training sessions on areas like fishing. That improves uh, retention rather than sort of having lengthy sessions that might might only be on an annual basis, for example. In terms of the the aims of of training, um, a crucial aspect is really creating, I guess, creating a sense of cynicism among employees, sort of ensuring that they step back from from emails or, or other messages that they they see, particularly those that convey a sense of urgency, or they purporting to come from a person or organisation or, or authority, or of course include a link or attachment. So yeah, really getting them into that mindset of, as the slogan goes, think before you click, just taking a step back and and considering whether this is something to be suspicious of. Uh, And there's a few steps that can be taken to kind of test if it's a potential phishing email, such as looking for subtle typos in the domain name, hovering over any links that are included in the email to see if they're suspicious in nature. So another really important aspect for organisations to consider is that is the reporting side of things with phishing and then really making this process as, as straightforward as possible. Also making sure that you don't just call people out when they might miss a phishing email. It's not a case of sort of discipline them or anything. If, if they make a mistake, everyone can can make a mistake. So yeah, there's really a multifaceted approach that organisations can take. Often within the security community we'll see these as quite basic steps and straightforward but in reality it's it's often missed by organizations and individuals so really important to re-emphasize yeah i think that's a good point that you made there at the end james and something we'll continue to discuss throughout this is what is the purpose of Cybersecurity Awareness Month because most of what you said, anyone embedded into the cybersecurity world will know all of these. But I think it is really about raising awareness for people and organizations that don't necessarily have all of the things that you mentioned about phishing in place. So that's why it's important. While phishing isn't a new thing, it's not necessarily something that's new to the cybersecurity world, it might be something an organisation hasn't really put too much thought into previously. And an awareness month like this kind of brings it to the top of their awareness. So interesting points there. And Kevin, so over to you, aside from speaking to our fantastic interviewees, which we'll hear from later in the podcast, what campaigns have you kind of picked up on this month? One interesting element, one thing that caught my attention uh, uh, around the Cybersecurity Awareness Month is the target group that ENISA, the the European Cybersecurity Agency, chose to reach out to uh, with its uh, awareness campaigns. As some of you might know, each year EU member states and ENISA choose a target group for for their Cyber Month awareness campaigns. And this year they chose to specifically target people over 45 years of age. That could come as a, as a surprise. It, it did to me. But there are reasons for this. And the, the two reasons they gave me is that one, they still are the majority in professional environments. And, and of course, professionals and environments are more targeted than individuals. And uh, maybe more in, interesting is that with COVID and working from home, their presence online has increased way more than any other group. 
So, so that that that's um, that's what's behind the, the the choice of this target group. What did it mean for ENISA and national cybersecurity agencies across Europe to to choose to say we are choosing to target people over forty five years of age? Well, it meant putting together educational materials reflecting on everyday corporation life, but also making it as simple as possible for people that might not know anything about cybersecurity or, or are not very aware of. Maybe they know like how to have a good password, uh, what kind of basic principles they should apply, but uh, maybe they don't have like an extensive knowledge around cybersecurity. But it also meant running campaigns on platforms where this target group is more present, like Facebook or LinkedIn, and even broadcast radio ads in some countries, as as uh, Anissa told me. So I thought it was uh, it was interesting that they didn't actually choose to target the young people that they considered were already maybe a bit more cyber secure, but they actually chose to target older people. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And I think we can probably both, well, all three of us think of people in our lives that fit that age range that probably, uh, you know, would click on a link that is uh, (laughs) part of a phishing scam or something like that. I certainly can. I've had a text message from certain members of my family how to set up an Outlook calendar invite. So if they're not sure how to do that, then I don't think they'd probably be as cyber aware as we'd like them to be. I don't know what you think, James, about that and how it kind of relates to this emphasis on phishing as well. But it definitely seems like the campaigns, they're not necessarily targeting the people that are in the know already. They're looking to target people that aren't fully aware of what's going on in the cyber world. I did find that quite encouraging, actually, um, in the sense that sometimes there's a tendency to kind of write off older people in terms of technology. That seems to be the perception sometimes anyway. So as Kevin said, people over 45 are still the majority in professional environments. So you really do need to focus on, on this demographic who perhaps didn't necessarily have that basic computer training from from school and and in the early stages of their career. So I could definitely see the logic there of targeting that demographic. But at the same time, there's there's plenty of evidence to suggest that younger workers and uh, millennials and, and Generation Z are often engage in more insecure cyber behaviours relating to their data and, and privacy in areas. So, yeah, it's an interesting, it's definitely an interesting take on it. Yeah. Are you referring to the headline that was published on the Info Security magazine website today that millennials and Gen Z often play fast and loose uh, with yes. corporate cybersecurity policies, which I, I took offence to. I was like, I don't think I do play fast and loose. But I think really what it comes back to as well is, and this is some of the criticism you see about Cybersecurity Awareness Month, is it shouldn't just be a month, it should be all year round. Like you're saying, it's not just one demographic, it's all demographics. But with the campaigns, they have to be able to target or think about who they're targeting. It can't just be everyone all the time, Mm. because that's not really possible, I'd imagine. But with that, lots to think about groundwork laid on some of the efforts being made in Cybersecurity Month. So before we head to hear from Mariana and Jessica, time for a quick ad break to hear from our sponsor. Let's take a quick break here to tell you a little bit about our podcast sponsor, Tufim. 
Organisations are rolling out digital transformation programmes at breakneck speed, and Tufin helps security teams to do this more quickly and safely by providing a way to manage policies across hybrid networks. The Tufin orchestration suite is already helping more than 2,000 CISOs and CIOs manage some of the largest and most complex networks in the world. Businesses choose Tufin because they simplify the management of IT networks by creating a centralised network security management hub. Tufin reduces complexity and risk and helps businesses create the perfect platform for continuous collaboration. Tufin gives organisations the ability to implement the changes in minutes instead of days. Tufin orchestration suite reduces the attack surface and gives greater visibility into secure and reliable application connectivity. Tufin's partnerships with industry leaders means that the Tufin orchestration suite also enables streamless integration. So, Kevin, you've kind of already talked about what some of Anissa's priorities were this year for Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And you spoke to Mariana about how their message has evolved this year. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yes, of course. Ten years is a fantastic achievement for any campaign. So what I wanted to ask Mariana is why this year... Anissa added a new slogan because until last year, the slogan was, as uh, James mentioned, think before you click. But this year they chose to add a new one, which is choose to be safe online. So I asked Mariana uh, how this new slogan reflects a change in the message Anissa wants to share. So let's take a listen to her response. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you for having me here. Uh, yes, uh, this year's uh, motto, uh, which comes in addition to Think Before You Click, the motto that we have been using until now, wants to, to show a, a shift in users' uh, mentality because now we consider them to be more mature than they were in the past. What we want to uh, show is that actually it is a choice to be safe in the online world. Uh, users are not powerless. Even though cyber threats exist and they will continue to exist and develop more and evolve, there are indeed many, many things that someone can do in order to protect uh, himself or herself. Uh, people can take uh, simple precaution measures, such as not using the same password in all the accounts, and they can exploit the numerous sources of information that are now available on the internet so they can really learn a lot of things about how to keep themselves safe. Um, one of these sources is, of course, the website of the ECSM. But now there is a plethora of uh, materials in all languages, in all countries, targeted to many different uh, groups. So I think everyone can find something uh, to suit uh, their uh, knowledge and uh, their perception. Well, that was great. It was fantastic to hear from Mariana there. And it's interesting that she says that they now expect users to be more mature than they were in the past. Obviously, kind of makes sense that there is, um, or positive, I guess, that there is this evolution. And I think as well, when she talks about people, she's really talking about everyone, not just business users, but personal users as well. And I think that's where cybersecurity does need to go. It needs to be part of everyday life, not just when you log in to work. Um, I mean, James, what do you think of what was kind of said there? Yeah, I thought it was a really interesting comment, actually. And, and it's an area where there is a bit of Sometimes you do hear a few conflicting viewpoints on the matter from, from security experts. So I've heard some people say that 
the organisation should focus should almost be on accepting the fact that employees um, will inevitably make mistakes and, and simply plan for that and have, have a strategy in place and yeah avoid putting too much emphasis on, on user behaviour but really as, as Mariana mentioned there's a lot that individuals can do to reduce the risk of cyber attacks with so many originating from things like phishing and based around user behaviour so there's definitely a balance to be to be found somewhere. I think users do need to be more um, responsible for for their actions. I think that's just just the the reality of the situation now. We we can't just have a few IT experts that are, are purely responsible for cybersecurity with the growth of digitalization. It's just just not realistically. So, I think users should be taught some responsibility for for their actions in in cyberspace. But at the same time, it shouldn't be a, a case of being uh, kind of punished particularly or called out and humiliated potentially, which does apparently happen sometimes um, if, if they do, for example, click on a phishing link. I guess it's kind of a way of making that more of a carrot than a, than a stick in, in terms of encouraging better behaviours. Yes, certainly. And uh, on that, I wanted to get back to uh, what you talked about earlier, James, uh, is, is training. When I was working on on a feature piece that is going to be published in our Q4 issue of the InfoSecurity magazine, I interviewed Josh Yavo, who is a CISO at the British cybersecurity firm Tessian. And he was uh, telling me that organizations should also rethink how they were training their employees against something like phishing attempts or, or other other type of what we call now smishing or vishing, which is just uh, phishing through. Uh, so smish, smishing is through SMS and vishing is through voice. He was saying that uh, usually in traditional simulated phishing campaigns or anti-phishing campaigns, people are just saying uh, this is how a phishing email looks like. And he was saying, well, that's good, but you should do you should do more than that. You you should tell your employees this is what you will never see. Like for example, you will never see someone from the leadership team sending an SMS to ask you for a gift card or to update the company's bank details for for instance. So he was really saying like of course the individuals need to be taken into account and have some responsibility. But also organizations should not just, uh, as you said, it's, it's not just about the stick. It's also about the carrot. And it's also about showing how you can promote good behaviors and not just punishing the bad ones. And other experts told me that campaigns, anti-phishing campaigns, for example, should focus more on the report rates to do that and a bit less on the click rates to show who actually reported the phishing emails and who did good to maybe build from these people, from these behaviors, a broader cybersecurity culture across all services in, in the company. Yeah, I think that's a really great point as well about like not just what a phishing email looks like, but yeah, what not to expect. I mean, if I got a text from our CEO, I'd fall off my chair. So I would not expect that. But if you're in a smaller organization, it might be something that could happen. Or if you're new, that definitely could be something that you aren't aware is not usual. And yeah, overall, I think raising awareness and also turning the table from it being a you've done something wrong to 
thank you for reporting it like that's a good thing that's a positive so I think before we head to our final interview we've kind of mentioned this a couple of times in the podcast already which is the response to Cybersecurity awareness month from the industry at large so yesterday I sent out a tweet and asked the cyber community what they think of the efforts this year in terms of Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And it was a little bit of a mixed bag. Some kind of said it was a bit tired, which I guess if you have been covering cybersecurity for a long old time, it can seem that way. And probably some of the things we've discussed and some of the campaigns that are being promoted, they're not nothing's like groundbreaking or from my view I don't think anything's new or groundbreaking but what it is doing is targeting people that possibly I don't know why but they haven't seen this before conversely uh, one of InfoSecurity magazine's friends uh, Jake Moore who's the cybersecurity advisor at ESET. He said overall he thinks it's been a great initiative this year. He name dropped some of the organisations he's been working with, like KPMG, the National Grid here in the UK, who have kind of taken Cybersecurity Awareness Month's and allowed him to give sessions, providing advice to them and uh, looking for additional training. So the month itself can be a launch pad, it seems, for companies to engage in training and further learning. One thing he mentioned, which I thought was a great point, is Cybersecurity Awareness Month really gives people an excuse to ask what they might have thought is a silly question when it comes to cybersecurity. Because let's face it, not everyone's an expert. And actually, if you're not in the cybersecurity industry, you might not know what smishing means, or you might not know what a certain type of phishing email looks like or what to expect. And you might be like, oh, I don't want to ask the question because I seem ignorant, but it's not that at all. It's just trying to educate yourself. So I think ask away, ask the silly questions. I think that's a really good point to make. Yeah, and that's exactly what I wanted, uh, what, what inspired me to reach out to to Jessica as she was, uh, she's been expressing her frustration online on Twitter on the response of the community to, to this Cybersecurity Awareness Month. So, well, that's a perfect segue. Let's head over to listen to your interview with Jessica now. Hi, Jessica. Thanks for joining us on the Into Security podcast. In a Twitter thread about Cybersecurity Awareness Month, you expressed your frustration about how snarky some cybersecurity professionals are every year around this time of year. Why do you think that is? That's a good question. And it's not often that I vent my frustrations on Twitter, but I do find every October there are there's an element of our community that will complain about Awareness Month. And I think there's maybe a couple of things going on here. I think one thing is that maybe within the security bubble, it can seem frustrating or irritating to hear about Cybersecurity Awareness Month and to feel like you're being banged over the head by it and maybe to feel like certain vendors are jumping on the bandwagon and using it to sell and putting out communications that maybe are a bit dated. But I also think there's another element to it where we as an industry just don't value the human side as much as the technical side still. I think there's still an element where the human side of security 
security, focusing on awareness, behavior and culture just isn't held in the same regard. And I think that comes through a little bit in some of these complaints around Awareness Month. And and what do you think uh, could be done better then in terms of how to integrate and to and to tackle the the human side of cybersecurity. I think there is some justification in complaints that some awareness communications are not as helpful as they can be and nobody is more frustrated about that than me. I think when we focus on awareness raising, we really need to consider the audience that we're communicating with, what is relevant to them, what is going to help them in their day-to-day lives both at work and at home. And we also really need to focus on the why, you know, why security is important, why security is important to those we're communicating with, and why it is that we recommend certain controls. So rather than telling people what to do or what not to do, it's much more helpful to frame it coming from that context of why we're making those recommendations. I think another thing we can also do uh, better on the human side and better when it comes comes to awareness raising and building positive cultures is really listening to people, asking them questions, understanding what they care about or what they're concerned about in security, and really listening to their frustrations as well. If they aren't practicing secure behaviours, understanding why not and looking at how we can address that tension. And th- this human side of uh, cybersecurity is very important. I've seen a few a few days ago that uh, recent study showed that 91% of cybersecurity professionals had faced mental health challenges in the last two years. That's a number that, that surprised you or, or is it something that you, that you would expect? It's really high, isn't it? But actually, I don't think that is surprising. We work in a a really challenging profession. Um, We we face a lot of challenges. It's been particularly challenging, you know, in a general sense over the last couple of years, let alone when it comes to security. We know that rates of burnout are very high in this industry. It's common for people to struggle with imposter syndrome. Um, It's common for people to be overworked and to sometimes feel isolated, you know, depending on the circumstances of of where they're working. So it's it's something we definitely need to tackle. And you're right that actually the, the sort of human side of security isn't just looking at how we can raise awareness, influence behaviors, build a positive culture. Um, in terms of security with our colleagues in organizations and with the general public, but it's also about looking at the culture of security and at what is demanded of us and what we demand of ourselves as security professionals and how can we build in more understanding and support when it comes to mental health. This is something that we have been tackling at Club CISO for a while. So I'm on the board of Club CISO. I'm the former chair of Club CISO. We have about 600 members worldwide. And this was something we became aware of a couple of years ago, that um, there are lots of challenges with mental health. And so we've been running uh, mental health workshops over the last couple of years, and we've had great feedback from our members. There is definitely an appetite among the security community to understand more and to access and provide more support when it comes to mental health. One phrase we also hear a lot in cybersecurity is users or people are the weakest link. 
I do. I think you you really don't like this this phrase. I've seen that on Twitter. You've been uh, you've been talking about it. Why do you think uh, saying this is detrimental to people working in cybersecurity? I think it's a it's the worst phrase, insecurity. And let's face it, there's some competition with that. Um, for me, there's a couple of of angles there. This has really been a theme of of my work the whole time I have worked in security. I've always focused on the human side, and so for the last ten years or so, I've been really trying to champion a more people-centric approach to security. And that means being more compassionate. That means working more with empathy at the forefront. And a phrase like people are the weakest link or even worse, users are the weakest link is, is so lacking in empathy. It's really pointing the finger at people. It is victim blaming people. Um, it is very superficial as well, because of course, without people, there is no technology, there is no information, there is no cybersecurity. Really, people are the only link, you know, machines are not attacking machines by themselves. Um, so it just doesn't make sense to me is one one issue I have with it. But also it's really putting far too much burden on people. We don't design technology and systems and security with people at the heart of it. And then we blame people when they are not able to fully uh, engage in secure practices. It also overlooks the many times that people are, of course, the strongest link. So it could be that 99 times somebody doesn't click on a link in a phishing email, they report a phishing email, you know, they they are not socially engineered. But the one time where they maybe do click on a link, we then point the finger and call them the weakest link. And of course, in security, we're always going to have to look at that one time things go wrong. But that doesn't mean that we should disproportionately blame people, especially when we are all susceptible to, for example, example, being socially engineered. I always say the right fish at the wrong time can catch any of us, not because we are stupid, but because we're human. What do you uh, respond to people who say users are the weakest link or people are the weakest link? So I try to encourage people to see that um, that it's much more complicated than that, that actually saying people are the weakest link is very simplistic and it also others people. So at Sygenta, we really take a human centric approach to everything we do, whether it's pen testing or culture assessments or awareness raising and when we say users are the weakest link or people are the weakest link, we're really creating this us and them divide. Because let's face it, we are all users of technology. So I really I really don't like the word user. It has such a negative connotation. I, I did a blog post about this recently. I've spoken about this in many of the keynotes that I've done over the last sort of eight or so years. When we call someone a user, we're trying to sort of separate us from them. And there's almost a sort of element where we're positioning ourselves in security as superior. But of course, we all use technology and we can all be vulnerable to issues of insecurity. I find it's much more helpful if we take an approach, as I say, that is rooted in empathy, that's rooted in compassion, that puts people at the heart of what we're doing. And when we do that, then 
we naturally won't use phrases that are derogatory to people. We won't call them the weakest link. We won't call them repeat offenders. We won't call them users. We will take an approach that is much more respectful, much more constructive, and that then means people will engage with us much more fully. Because, of course, when we describe people as the problem from a psychology point of view, we make it more likely that they will engage in problematic behaviours. It's known as the golem effect. Whereas when we have higher expectations of people, when we speak to people more positively, then they will have higher expectations of themselves. They will be more empowered. They will feel more enabled. So they will engage in more positive behaviours. That's known as the Pygmalion effect. So it, from a security point of view, it actually, we're shooting ourselves in the foot if we call people the weakest link. We make it less less likely that they will engage with us and we actually alienate them further from security. And how do you think um, the, the Cybersecurity Awareness Month can help empowering people? And more generally, what do you think is the impact of uh, Cybersecurity Awareness Month? In terms of Cybersecurity Awareness Month, obviously no no one month, no one activity can create lasting change in cybersecurity. But what we can do with awareness raising, what we can do with Cybersecurity Awareness Month is galvanize people. We can get their attention. We can get them talking about security. We work at Sygenta with lots of clients who use um, Cybersecurity Awareness Month to remind people of security, to run some really engaging campaigns, to run some really interactive um, activities that get people interested in security, that reminds them about the importance of cybersecurity, where they maybe go and talk to colleagues, they maybe go home and talk to their family and friends about a cool phishing demo that they saw or some other kind of activity that really made them think about security from a different perspective. So awareness raising can't solve all the problems of cybersecurity. Awareness raising can't create a positive security culture, but it can contribute to improving cybersecurity. It can get people talking and engaged in cybersecurity. It can help them understand why it matters and it can contribute to a more positive security culture. And that's all really important. We can't think that we can run an, an initiative in Cybersecurity Awareness Month and that's it. We can tick the box. Awareness is done. The human side of security has been solved. Um, but it's more about one part of our solution, one layer of our defense, one element of this very complicated problem that we're trying to tackle when it comes to cyber insecurity. And working with companies, do you have any good examples of something that has been planned throughout a year? You, you said uh, also on, on social media that that Cybersecurity Awareness Month uh, needs to be a time to spark interest into cybersecurity awareness, but that should be integrated into uh, a year-long plan. Do you have any yeah. good examples that you could give us to inspire sure. us? 
Sure. So, yep, lots of our clients will plan activities and campaigns throughout the year and they may center them on things that are happening. So around December, they may be running campaigns that look at um, issues around the festive period, um, maybe running campaigns that tie into, for example, shopping securely online um, or Internet of Things. You know, if you're buying gifts around that time of year that may be Internet enabled. Um, and then they may be moved to in the summertime thinking about campaigns that can help any parents in their workforce talk to their kids over the summer holidays or um, have activities that will help them in the summer holidays in terms of cybersecurity, in terms of safe gaming, for example. So it's about looking at the context of what's happening for your workforce throughout the year and tying campaigns to that can be really effective. For other clients, they will take an approach that is really rooted in data and in looking at particular risk in their organization in very targeted training for different groups, you know, understanding what kind of behaviors people are practicing and building metrics that really show them actually what, what activities will work for them and how they can engage in sharing communications that are targeted at people. And you can do all sorts of things when it comes to cybersecurity from running sessions that will help people with cybersecurity at home through to demonstration-based sessions. We run a lot of these at Sygenta where we will do a demo of a phishing attack, a demo of ransomware, a demo of password cracking. And that really shows people kind of behind the scenes. It really helps demystify cybersecurity and it's something different. It's something that they haven't seen before. It really helps to bring it to life. So there's lots of things that you can do to make cybersecurity engaging for people and to help show them more fully the reality of risk when it comes to cybersecurity. Well, that was great. Really insightful there from Jessica. And I can understand her frustration there at the beginning. But I would say like not everyone in the industry has got a negative view about Cybersecurity Awareness Month. There's a lot of positive work going on and a lot of people that are really embedded in the industry have done a lot of work during October, whether that be updates and advice on social media, um, talks they've given, loads of stuff going on relating to Cybersecurity Awareness Month. So while maybe they think some of the campaigns need a bit of jazzing up, perhaps, what everyone in the community is doing individually is absolutely fantastic. But I think one interesting thing to hear from Jessica was that the human side of security does still need to have the spotlight shone on it. James, what do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, I completely, completely agree really with the point she made. And, and I thought it was a particularly interesting point that, that Jessica discussed in, in that uh, organisations as well as kind of teaching secure behaviours and then sort of obviously having the, the good methods for, for imparting that message to also explain the why and why that information is so important uh, both to the organization and, and to the individual's everyday lives and then hopefully that training feels far more purposeful and relevant to the employee and ultimately improving their ad adherence to to the message that they're being sent. Yeah definitely and she mentioned users are the weakest link. What do we think of that and kind of having a more people-centric approach and not using kind of terminology like that do you think 
Cybersecurity Awareness Month kind of gets that message across? I think so. I think increasingly that area has been recognised that um, perhaps that terminology isn't particularly helpful. And definitely the the last few Cybersecurity Awareness Months that I've been observing have, have had a particular focus on the human element of cybersecurity, uh, really providing a lot of advice um, for individual users about staying staying secure online. And I think the key to this really is is how the information is is relayed. Um, as Jessica discussed in her interview with Kevin, really getting to the bottom of why people engage in insecure behaviours, even after they often after they do receive awareness training uh, and thereby targeting the messaging appropriately. So there's a lot of good research that's, that's starting to come out about how psychological methods can be employed to, to kind of improve the way uh, security messages are, are, are given to, to individuals. Uh, and I think this will be really crucial going forward to, to bringing about meaningful behaviour change among among staff. Yeah, I think also that this uh, this users are the weakest link phrase has been repeated over and over, and uh, it made me smile a few few days ago because uh, after I did uh, the interview with uh, with Jessica, someone said it in a in a conference, and I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> I can see what she means because uh, obviously we we're hearing it a lot, but I think it's coming from security professionals who were worried or are worried that uh, companies and people in general can see cyber threats as a problem that can be fixed by technology and perhaps by technology only. And I understand why they try to emphasize why it's not the case. But now with like reading Jessica's tweets and and talking with her, I, I never really thought about like, this phrase being could like could be detrimental. I can see why it can be counterproductive, especially when you're you're speaking to people outside of the cybersecurity industry or people that are just like maybe new to the cybersecurity community. As we are all overwhelmed throughout the year with the stick, I think Cybersecurity Month can can be a good time for showing the carrot, for shedding light on people who have done the right things or, or on phishing attempts that have haven't made any victims or on processes that that allowed a security team to extinguish a fire before it was too late and um, I think we that, that that's perhaps something that we haven't seen around the cyber cyber month and maybe it could be it could be an interesting idea to 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 put forward for the next uh, editions yeah I think that's one thing that probably we can all reflect on and is where some of the um, uh, question marks around the month comes is what's new. So any kind of new initiatives would be interesting to see um, coming up. Um, but I hope um, that has given our listeners some pause for thought about Cybersecurity Awareness Month and what's been achieved. As I said earlier, there's so many people that have put so much effort and shared so much knowledge during the month. So um, there's loads to find out. If you if you do a quick search on Twitter of Cybersecurity Awareness Month, you'll find loads of information from individuals that have a real passion for cybersecurity. And I think it's something to be mindful 365 really it's not just the um, month of October obviously it is a good launch pad for people to get involved when it is being talked about so much Um, but it is a concern for organizations throughout the year Um, but thank you James and Kevin for chatting with me today and of course thank you 
to Mariana and Jessica for taking the time out to discuss this important topic with Kevin. So, yeah, if you do want to hear more podcasts, info security news, join our webinars or get in touch with the team, do head to the Info Security Magazine website. But until next time, uh, that kind of brings us to the end. So goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Into Security. For in-depth interviews with the industry's finest minds, check out our sister podcast, Into Security Chats, and join us again next month. Until then, stay safe and keep up to date with everything you need to know about information security via infosecurity-magazine.com.